On today's show, the marketplace says Toyota is worth more than VW and Daimler put together, why Dodge will never build the same two Vipers ever again, and why Toyota deliberately made sure that the Tacoma frame will bend over bumps. All that and more coming right up on AutoLine Daily. This is AutoLine Daily for August 20th of 2015. Since 2007, the UAW has taken care of its retirees' health care through the Voluntary Employee Beneficiary Association, or the VEBA. And now the union is proposing a similar program for its active workers. The Detroit News reports that UAW President Dennis Williams wants to create a health care pool for salaried and hourly workers at Ford, GM, and FCA. The goal would be to reduce health care costs and maintain benefits for future members. That's because costs are skyrocketing for automakers. Ford says health care costs for hourly employees will cost $800 million this year. That's up from $550 million in 2011. FCA says it will pay $615 million this year, compared to $347 million four years ago. GM didn't reveal what it will pay. But it's plenty smart for the union to be proposing ways to help the automakers cut costs. Those of us who have gone to a classic car show have no doubt heard someone utter the words, this car is one of a kind, there's no other like it. And now Dodge is looking to bring that same kind of exclusivity to the Viper. Starting with the 2016 model year, Viper customers will no longer be able to order the same configuration, including color, in the same model year as someone else. Also available for 2016 is a matte paint finish, a first for FCA. And things have been going strong for the Viper since a $15,000 drop in base price. Sales are up over 26% so far this year, and this type of uniqueness shouldn't hurt things either. Still to come, why we're going to see more high-performance ECUs from OEMs. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion. Dow Automotive Systems, breakthrough technologies for lightweight vehicles. Hyundai, learn more at Hyundai.com. And by Pure Michigan, leading the automotive world in intelligent connected vehicles. We run on brain power. There's a slow-growing concern amongst gearheads that automakers may one day take away their ability to tune a car. While some modifications already void warranties, gearheads already knew that, the real worry is, will it become illegal to mess with or swap out a car's ECU because the automaker owns the intellectual property rights to the software? In other words, even though you own the vehicle, you're just renting the software. The question then becomes, How would someone that wants to increase the performance of their car modify it without breaking the law or voiding the warranty? I think the answer is more performance kits offered directly by the manufacturers. Ford just announced a new upgrade for the Focus ST that, among other things, includes a performance-calibrated ECU. It's no mild modification either. Horsepower shoots from 252 to 275, and torque increases 26 pound-feet to just under 300. Despite the added power, the system keeps the Focus ST street legal in all states and does not void the factory warranty. While Ford is certainly not the only manufacturer to offer a kit like this, 
I think we'll start to see more manufacturers offer them and gearheads will be turning to their local dealer for their tuning needs. There are lots of ways to rate the different car companies, but one way is to look at how the marketplace values them. The market capitalization of a company is how much all of its stock is worth. Or to put it another way, this is what it would cost for you to buy a car company if you had to buy all of its stock. And it's amazing to see that Toyota is worth more than Volkswagen and Daimler put together. Investors like Honda, Ford, and BMW better than they like General Motors. Meanwhile, Nissan and Peugeot don't do much better than tiny little Tesla, while Renault and Fiat Chrysler are at the bottom of the barrel. The market cap of a company will vary along with the price of its stock, but this is how the marketplace values the car companies at this snapshot in time. Japan has a solid reputation for blocking imported cars. Even though it has one of the largest car markets in the world, imports only account for 5% of sales. That is by far the lowest import rate of any major market. But it's not just Japan's trade policies that are keeping imports out. It also has to do with the kinds of cars Japanese customers buy. According to the latest data from JMA, the Japan Automobiles Manufacturers Association, K-cars with 660cc engines now account for 50.5% of all new car sales. And cars with engines over 2 liters of displacement account for only 7% of sales. That means most foreign automakers are fighting over a small sliver of the total market. So even if the Japanese market was wide open for anyone to come in, imports would not grow all that much. Coming up next, why Toyota deliberately built a frame for the new Tacoma that bends over bumps. Why Sonata? Let's see. It has a turbocharged engine, a panoramic sunroof, 32 miles per gallon highway. Oh, I didn't, did I mention the turbo? You, you don't want to forget the turbo. It has turbo, the Sonata from Hyundai. When GM introduced the Chevrolet Colorado and GMC Canyon midsize pickups, it made a big deal about them having a box frame. But when Toyota introduced the new Tacoma pickup, it made a big deal about it not having a fully box frame. Instead, the Tacoma frame is made in three sections. Under the cab, it's fully boxed. Under most of the bed, it uses a reinforced C-shape. And at the end of the truck, it uses an open C-shape. The reason Toyota did this is because in extreme off-road conditions, it says you actually want the frame to flex. When a truck is twisted torsionally, a stiff frame will result in one of the wheels lifting off the ground. But by having some flex in the frame, you can keep the wheels firmly planted on the ground. Tacoma buyers tend to be serious off-roaders, with 40% of them buying TRD models. And that's why Toyota decided to leave an open C-section at the end of the frame. Hey, be sure you join us for AutoLine After Hours later today. We'll be talking about straight-line racing. No, not drag racing. Even though these racers do run a quarter mile, they also run a half mile and a full mile. It's all about horsepower and top speed. So join John and Gary Vasilash for some of the best gearhead insights in the business. That's AutoLine After Hours, which goes live at 3 p.m. Eastern Time at AutoLine.tv later today. But that wraps up today's report. Thanks for watching. Please join us again tomorrow.